Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, you're listening to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. And one of my favorite guests is coming back. My favorite cat guest of all time, Dusty Rainbolt. Welcome to the show, Dusty. Oh, thank you for the kind words, and thank you for having me back. Uh, you are my favorite talk show host, so Aww. there we go. Well, Mutual that's admiration. high praise. <laughs> that's high praise, yes. Okay, so Dusty's authored many books about cats, including Kittens for Dummies and my favorite, huh? Cat Wrangling Made Easy. Is that what it's called? Well, I, I guess so, but I think I have that's a better one. one called... Cat Scene Investigator, Solve Your Cat's Litter Box Mystery. So, uh, See, I uh, forever think of you as the cat wrangler. That's what I oh. think of you as, and that was my favorite cat book at the time of all time. It beat out some very, very good cat books that came before it, and I just, it was just <laughs> so many revelations, like about timeshare and all these things. You really get where cats are coming from. So I'm happy to have you on the show. And, well, let's just, first of all, Last week, a couple weeks ago, I had on the show some people with some therapy dogs, and uh, I loved having them, and everything was good about the show, but they did kind of allude to the fact that there's no such thing as a working cat, and so I wanted to give you a chance to just counter that. Are there cats out there doing good work? I think they are, and and I guess, first of all, let's discuss what a therapy cat is. You know, there are service animals, and a service animal is actually trained to perform a specific job, like a seizure alert, a diabetes alert, you know, picking up things or pulling people or, or helping with mobility or whatever. The, right. That is a service animal. And I guess legally they say that on airlines cats can't be service animals, but I do know of people who have cats that alert to seizures and diabetic issues. So, oh, that's amazing. Uh, so they could possibly do that. But normally it's therapy, right? It's comfort? It is. It is. And, I, you know, I don't know where those people are coming from. I mean, uh, quite honestly, I'm intimidated by uh, big dogs. So if you walk in my room and you've got a, a great Dane, I don't know that I would. I mean, I'm okay with that, but there there are probably people who would be intimidated by large dogs, no matter how sweet or well behaved they are. So, well, you know, you, you know? get these headlines where someone tries to smuggle a peacock on an airplane, or oh, you see yes. on TV yesterday. I saw that a Florida man has a pet alligator as an anxiety pet. Of course, it's taped its muzzle shut, or it'd probably eat him. But you know, <laughs> these these are the kind of things people are doing, right? And so, is a therapy cat really? A thing. Well, I've seen cats working in old age homes, and it is work. And I've seen them giving comfort to people, various people, whoever needs it. And these cats are chosen because they're those type of cats. And mm-hmm. and so I've seen cats used with children when terrible things are happening, and the children have to be sort of in a limbo situation at some police station or somewhere scary, and their a cat is put in their arms. You know, this is very effective therapy, I think. So I don't want to cut the cats. Sure, I don't want to, you know, slight them. They're working. 
Well, you know, let's go back to the the airline thing because I think that's okay. really the crux of of what is going on here. And as far as I know, uh, Americans with Disabilities Act permits you to take a a, a service animal or a comfort animal, uh, an emotional support animal on a plane with you or allows you to go into public housing with these animals. And uh, then if you have a service animal, you can go other places like restaurants and say, right, well, hospitals, restaurants government and hospitals and, yeah. Yeah, and uh, grocery stores. So, you know, you've got your apples and your oranges, the, the emotional support versus the service animal. So one of the problems I think we have with this situation is because of ADA, you can't really ask a lot of questions. You can have an animal that you're pretty sure is just a pet, and they're trying to get on the airline for free because, hey, it's very expensive to travel with an animal. But, right, so that's why they're but, doing it. Okay. But, there, you know, the problem with the emotional support animal is there's no special training involved. It just makes you feel good. And up until recently, emotional support could be the peacock. It could be one of the problems is... Uh, yeah, there uh, was a squirrel at one point. Uh, I well, know. squirrels, <laughs> reptiles, and, and, you know, as long as a reptile is put up, I'm good. But, I mean, even people who bring spiders on board. I'm sorry, you bring a spider or a snake on, on a plane? I think there was a movie about that, you know? It's a hard well. line to draw, though. I do think it's difficult to draw, and you have to balance the needs of the other people. And then there's the whole factor of allergies. So partly why I had these people on the show is because recently I've had standard poodles go to service. Three last year, that one's an epileptic seizure detection dog for a child, another one's an anxiety dog for a person, and another one is a hospital visitor. And so, you know, these dogs have the bonus of looking, if you groom them that way, very harmless to most people. Mm-hmm. And also not shedding. So they could go in and out of a hospital where people do have respiratory issues or on an airplane where the air is circulating, you know, that kind of thing. And I see there's a flaw with the cats that way. Like you really, you know, if you've got cat allergies, you got a problem when the cat's around you. But as far as giving therapy and comfort, especially in old age homes, can't think of anything more compatible. Absolutely. But back to the airplane, I truly think that, I mean, I have traveled with my cats, not as therapy animals, but as pets where I pay the $150 each way fee. And I've had people complain, oh, you know, you've got that cat. It's like, look, lady, I have cat dander all over me. You have just as much to fear from just me physically as you do <laughs> That's from a good the point. cat. So, so, you know, uh, true. I mean, unless That's true. And everybody has and, their thing, right? Some people wear yeah. perfume or cologne or spicy food or, you know, you can be allergic to almost anything. And so, like, what if someone has right now in Vancouver where I live, the cherry trees are starting to bloom and I'm allergic mm-hmm. to them. If someone has bushes of those, if they have big trees outside their property and the cherry trees are all over their shoes and the mm-hmm. pollen's on their car and they walk into a Starbucks the same time I'm there, I'm going to start sneezing. My eyes are going to start watering just because... Because of that, it's not their fault. I can't make them, you know, decontaminate. At some point, mm-hmm. I got to just deal with it. But, okay, so we're going to go to break, and we're going to come back, and we'll talk a little more with Dusty Rainbolt. Stay tuned, everybody. It's going to be a cat show today. Stay tuned to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? 
Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Doggo Suds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Doggo Sud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Doggo Suds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, we're back on Animal Party, Pet Life Radio. My favorite cat author, Dusty Rainbolt, is on the show. Welcome back, Dusty. Hi, uh, uh, thank you for having me again. I'm so happy to be here. Well, okay, so I read in the newspaper that Victoria, which is the capital of my province, it's a pretty big city, that there's people saying that uh, cats should be licensed, not allowed to roam freely outdoors, and this is to protect wild birds. The Victoria Natural Historical Society is arguing for this. It's a 750-member society, and they want uh, mandatory neutering of all cats over six months of age unless the owner applies for a special permit or for breeding or for medical exemptions. They want all cats to be licensed and vaccinated against rabies, all cats to be confined to their owner's property or went off-premises to be on a leash. And already the, the politician in question, the mayor, has said that she doesn't have the resources and isn't interested in policing cats. The outcry happened because some people saw some of these, some cats, maybe wild cats, feral cats, I don't know, stalking ducks and ducklings. And so that's what started this. And cats are said to be the largest predators of wild birds and the big problem there. And they're often blamed for this. So I wanted to bring this to you. I, I, as I was reading this, I was thinking of you because I was thinking, you know, I let my cats go in and out on my farm. And I've had cat experts on before who are on the cat side of this, not the bird side. And they don't like that. They want me to keep my cats inside. And they want me to do all these things these people are saying. So I'm, I'm curious, where do you come out on this one? Well, I hate to say this, but I'm on the I'm on the fence about this. It's all about owner responsibility. And if you if you have a cat, you need to be responsible for it one way or the other. You know, you do have the option uh, if you live in the city of having a cat fence, and that allows the cat to go out and be a kitty cat and you know play in the grass and soak up sun. And but on the other hand, if you have a cat and you keep them inside, you have to you have to provide outlets for them that allow them to behave as they would as they need to mimicking living in the wild now i don't agree with with the bird people i've spoken to a lot of hunters and they say that outside of human influence if if you go into the the wild you know the forest or whatever right. yeah. you don't see cats Cats can't survive outside of right. human influence because they're small prey and they are dinner. And, you know, you're just not going to see things outside of a community. There, well, that, yes. I mean, of, there's they say coyotes' favorite food is house cats. So exactly, they're not going to yeah, get very far. That's actually true. And they've done studies 
and they don't know whether the coyotes prefer, and they do actually prefer cats over other prey, but they don't know if it's because they taste better to a coyote or if they're just easier pickings. It could be either one. But there have been studies where in Chicago, outside, when you get into the forest area or whatever, wild areas, the cats don't go there. They stay on the outskirts of human influence, even feral cats. And so, well, it's saying know, the avian societies are saying that cats are the largest bird killers ahead of buildings and automobiles. I just find that hard to believe. Extremely hard. I do hard not to believe that. And and no, uh, this particular veterinarian of mine said, you know, he simply can't believe it because if they were such killers, how many birds are outside of the influence of humans? So uh, if it's not the cats killing them out in the wild then what is it? You know, it's probably, uh, I'm not saying that birds aren't declining, but you've got pesticides and you've got rat poisons and you've got all this other... Fires and climate change. Yeah, encroachment. It's not even declinement. I think it's sometimes displacement. Like I'm up here in Vancouver and we see birds we've never seen before every time there's fires in California, which unfortunately is every year. So (laughs) it's not that they're missing, it's that they're going other places sometimes. But yeah, there is a problem. There's the other side of this though, that as a cat owner, maybe I am being irresponsible because it is said that if you keep your cats contained inside, they'll have less fights. They're less likely to get poisoned. They're less likely to get hit by cars. Your vet Mm -hmm. bills go way down. Your cats live a long life. Now I've had cats I've had to euthanize when they get so, so, so old, two decades worth. So I don't know what's happening there, but I get that in theory anyway, you know, inside is safer. In Calgary, cat owners pay $18 a year when their pet's neutered to register, and all these rules are in place there. So I wonder if this is the way the world's going. And I don't know, it's going to be pretty hard to regulate the cats, I think. I think so, too, just because they're cats. And, and uh, cats are not valued as much as dogs are. You know, dogs, people take them for walks. They participate in the dog's life. The cats, they just let out and... That's a human issue. It's recommending you take your cat for a walk on a leash. And I have had the, you know, people hire me to teach their cat to walk on a leash, teach their cat Uh to accept a harness. It's totally doable. But I always worry when they set out on these walks with their cat that they're going to run across the wrong off-leash sight hound, pet dog with prey drive, and it's going to come out of nowhere and think, you know, basically like lunch on a rope, you know, bad, right? And I just, I worry, worry, worry. And there have been a couple times, one time I was at the Great Canadian Pet Fair hosting, and someone decided to bring a cat on a leash into the dog area. How could Uh, we possibly guarantee that all the dogs coming are good with cats? Another person brought a ferret in. Again, ridiculous. Like, think about where you're taking your cat if you're leashing it and taking it places, right? I mean, oh my goodness. As a matter of fact, in the Dallas area, we recently had a situation. We have a a problem with dog owner responsibility. And, I mean, many people have been killed by wandering dogs. Cats don't pack. You know, cats don't attack in a group. And cats aren't going to kill you, but, but dogs can. And recently there was a lady who was walking her... It was a small dog, like a Yorkie or a Silky, and a dog 
she saw a dog coming toward her, so she picked up her little dog and held it in her arms. And the the large dog bit her and grabbed the dog and the small dog yeah. and killed it. So you know, taking your cat for a walk is, I think, risky. Even in communities like mine, where you don't generally have wandering dogs, occasionally you do have them. And uh, they do pack. And, I mean, even if you have a, a coyote in the area, there have been yeah. cases where owners have been taking their dogs out for a walk and the coyotes have taken the dogs literally off the leash and just, you know, snack Oh, food. yes. Oh, yes. Okay, so we're going to have to go to another break. We're going to talk more about coyotes when we come back on Animal Party Pet Life Radio. Stay tuned while I interview Dusty Rainbow, my favorite cat author on Animal Party Pet Life Radio. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, we're back on Animal Party Pet Life Radio. And we were just talking about coyotes. Coyotes have been in the news a lot here because at a schoolyard, one was chasing several children, preschoolers. And in another incident, one attacked, mother defended a school-age child, small though. And recently, loads of cats are going missing. Their favorite food is cats. Also, cougars' favorite food is cats. We had a cougar shot in our area recently, but they say there's still another one. And there have been footage of this cat walking through the schoolyard, lounging, big cougar, lounging on people's decks, Mm. completely unafraid. Now, it's sometimes I think people think wolves will be nice to dogs because they're all canines or cougars or, or, you know, will be nice to cats because they're all felines. No, your cat is prey for these animals. Your dog is is a threat or prey most of the time. So I don't think people quite get the risk, plus the diseases, right, Dusk? Absolutely. Uh, you know, they're, I mean, you, you just hit it on the head. And diseases, uh, diseases can come from a number of different sources. There are some diseases that raccoons carry that can be uh, transmitted to uh, cats. So, I mean, I think feline distemper can go back and forth between uh, raccoons and cats. Oh, it's interesting you mentioned raccoons. There was this lady, I used to visit her house to feed her cats and take care of her animals when she was away. And she used to have these overflowing bird feeders in her backyard. And the squirrels and the raccoons and her cats, everybody was all out there together. And I used to say to her, I don't like that. I don't, I just don't like it. Well, oh, the raccoons are tame. We have names for them, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) One day, one of her raccoons ate one of her cats. Just. 
just decided like it had had enough mm-hmm. or whatever. And it just killed it and dragged it off into the bush while she watched through the picture window. Don't count on wildlife being tame just because you feed mm-hmm. it. In fact, don't feed it. How do exactly. we get people? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I would like to ask you, let's see. I saw on TV recently three things that bothered me. There was a commercial for Volkswagen showing this guy talking about how his sled dogs don't like snow. So he drives them around in the car instead. Stuff like this really bugs me. Then just before Christmas, there was this otter, this wild otter that got into this fancy, fancy koi pond in this fancy Chinese garden. And it was eating all these koi, including koi worth thousands, you know, 50-year-old koi and all this. And they were trying to catch it. And they were trying to catch it. And they, they just had all these experts. And they were trying to catch it with dead bait. And everything was going wrong. And I'm just watching it going, why aren't they asking someone who knows? What is wrong with these people? Anyway, finally, it decimated all the koi. And it moved the koi. And they got rid of the otters. And they kept quoting people and they kept saying, oh, well, someone must have purposely put the otter there. And I'm thinking, no, otters swim. We've had lots of water. Anyway, finally, they get they quote this one guy who said, well, he didn't take the bus when they were asking, you know, how did the otter get there? They finally find some footage of the otter just basically swimming on up and crawling on under the gate. And, you know, nobody put it there. So that was another myth that drove me crazy. And then this morning on the news, they showed this eagle. Swimming, they said. And isn't it funny how he likes to swim? No, he doesn't like to swim. Somehow his feathers got wet, and now he has to climb up on a log and dry them off before he can fly. But why do they put this stuff out there without checking with somebody who knows animals? What myths have you got to share? Because there's got to be something as a cat expert that just drives you nuts. That's just like everybody thinks, but it's not true. Well, I think the biggest one is depending on the pet supply industry to determine what's best for your cats. I speak to people all the time, and they'll say, oh, well, the cat doesn't like the litter box. It's like, well, how big is your litter box? Well, you know, I bought it at Petco, or I bought it at PetSmart. And with the exception of one particular litter box, which is the PetMate giant litter box, it's big, and people assume because they can buy a litter box at the store, it's a good one. And the truth is that a litter box should be at least one and a half times the length of the cat so that he can get in and move around. And it's just an assumption. Well, the pet store sells it so much. It must be true. Yes. It's not. Go to the hardware store and buy something that they mix concrete in. It's a much better litter box. Oh, interesting. Okay. And cheaper, too, probably. And Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got a couple of them. They're called utility tubs, and you use it to drag rocks around in or mix concrete. And they're just so much better than a normal litter box because they're big. They're like two feet by three feet. And they're high because you're mixing stuff in it. So, you know, it's... But, okay, but let's just say, if you do have an elderly cat, it might be too high. You do have to make sure your litter box actually fits your cat, right? Absolutely, Mm -hmm. yes. Uh, And and kittens, you know, you want to encourage... You want the, the optimum situation for your cat. And what I'm talking about is a normal, healthy adult cat. So, yeah, you're right. Older cats... Make sure it's got a low entry. You know, you can, what you could do is you could take a saw and you can make a hole to make it easier for them to get in and out of. And I do that. 
Okay, well, we've been talking to Dusty Rainbold, and I'm going to ask you to come back and do a follow-up show because I want to talk to you about my new kitten. I saved that Aww. so I can get you to come back. I and we're going to talk t- about your new kitten. <laughs> oh, right on. Okay. And I'm also going to ask you about natural remedies. You know, sometimes I think people think the word natural. I noticed if it says natural on the package, it's $10 more usually. But is it really natural? And I mean, you know, poison ivy is natural. So we're going to talk about this on another show when Dusty comes back. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dusty. Well, thank you for having me, and I can't wait to talk about Poison Ivy. (laughs) Oh, right on. Okay, everyone. So, from me, Dub Wolf, and Dusty Rainbow, be good to your animals. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.